Pastor Matt announced that the theme that uh, we're kind of going with, uh, that our speaking is geared toward over the next, um, well, over the foreseeable future, really, is broken. So this is, this is the theme of kind of our speaking, our talks over the next lot of Sundays. You know, we, we heard last Sunday uh, about Jacob. We heard that how Jacob had to be left in a broken state following an encounter with God. And that actually meant that he had been blessed by God. Jacob was broken, but he was also blessed by God. And you see, what happened was Jacob wrestles with God. And he refuses to let go until God blesses him. And actually what that blessing looks like for him is it's a little bit of brokenness. And he walks away from wrestling with God um, with a limp. He walks away with a limp and he walks away with a new name. God would give him the name Israel or Israel. Jacob would receive that blessing that he so desperately wanted um, from God and he would receive it in the form of leaving with a limp and with a new name. So for the rest of Jacob's life, both he and everybody else, that he would be left with a reminder. So he and everybody else would be left with a reminder that Jacob was broken by God so that he could be a witness for God. He walked a little bit differently. And so he was given a different name. And so people then knew that he had had an encounter with God. We also heard a fascinating story about a guy called Peter in the New Testament. And Peter's biggest failure in life was that he denied Christ three times. He denied even knowing Jesus, even though he had followed him. He considered himself a follower of Christ. He was a disciple of Christ. But again, he finds himself in a broken state and he denies who God is. And I find that uh, Peter's story probably shadows a lot of our stories. It's a, it's a little bit similar because we're we're often left feeling like we've failed whenever we let God down. But the amazing thing that gives me encouragement from the story that we heard of Peter is that he goes on a journey from denying Christ to then God would use him to preach Christ and to share that incredible message with other people. Peter would be given the opportunity in his life to share the message of Jesus. And as was said last week, this story really tells us that failure, it, while it may be a single event, it is never a person. We are not failure. We're not defined by our failures. You see, the overarching idea behind looking at this broken theme, looking at this word broken, um, is really this, that in this world, broken things are despised and thrown out as something we no longer need. Damaged goods are often rejected and sold at a reduced price. The tendency is to walk away and to get something new. The world is full of people with broken hearts, broken relationships, and broken lives. To us, broken things may be despised as worthless, but God can take what has been broken and he can repair it and remake it into something better that he can use for his glory. And Christ's death on the cross made it possible that sinful, broken humanity could be forgiven, could be restored, could be healed. We are broken so God can repair us. We are broken so God can use us. We are broken so God 
can bless us, church. And um, you'll notice with our offering songs over the next few weeks as well, we're really sticking with that theme of broken. And the song this morning talks about um, being in broken pieces and God putting us back together. You know, I sort of think about this theme and what we're looking at. And we haven't just, it's, it's becoming clearer to me as I, as I talk to people throughout the week, as I um, talk to people about their situations, about what's going on in their lives, the current season that they're in, how they're feeling when coming to church and when leaving church, it's becoming clear to me that this word, this theme of broken is really inspired by the Holy Spirit. We haven't just done it because uh, we can think of a great image to put that word broken on, or we can think of a class background for the stage. We haven't done it for the aesthetics. We've, we've done it because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we believe that God wants to speak to people through this series of being broken. And this morning, I've been given the task of um, relating, l- relating this word or idea of being broken to worship. So I'm just going to talk about the link between broken and worship this morning. And you know, we could c- turn to countless stories in the Bible of people who are in broken situations, and out of that, comes the most beautiful of worship. I think of the Psalms and I think of David and his lowest state and the most wonderful of melodies coming from that. I think of people who run away from God and who are um, disobedient to God, but then God uses them and uses their worship and sees people saved because of it. He uses their obedience in order to save people following an act of disobedience. You know, Last week, Pastor Matt again, he touched on the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were thrown into the fire, but they told their punishers that whether God rescues us or not, he is still worthy of our praise. You see, they're in the most difficult of situations, and a situation that really, the end just looks catastrophic. But what happens is in their state of brokenness, they worship. And out of that comes one of the greatest stories that we have ever heard. Out of that brokenness comes the most wonderful of worship. And as I said, there's countless stories. And I could talk all day about those. But this morning, we're going to focus our attention to one story. And it's when Paul and Silas were thrown in jail. And we can find this story in Acts 16, church. So I'm just going to read these verses through, and then we'll pray that God will bless the reading of his word this morning. So Acts 16, verses 25 to 34, and it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew a sword and he was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. 
And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and he set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Let's just take a moment to pray, church. Heavenly Father, wow, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you, God, that your word is alive. We thank you that it is profitable for teaching this morning, God. I thank you that when your word is preached that you are blessed. And I pray this morning that you would bless us as well. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say this morning. I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide the words that are spoken. And Lord, I pray that this morning would be transforming, God. I pray that you would shape our hearts, shape our minds, shape our lives through your word, God. Father, I pray that we would leave this place with something to hold on to. Just give us a glimpse, Lord. God, I just pray that you would teach us something. Father, we thank you for this series that we are looking at, God. We thank you for this word broken. And we pray this morning that as it is preached, Lord, that again you would truly bless it. We thank you for your word again. Thank you for everybody that is here this morning. Thank you for your perfect plan and your will for each of our lives. And it is your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. See, I suppose when we're talking about um, broken, but we're also talking about the link that it has to worship, then I think we need to understand what it actually means when we're talking about worship. Because when we hear this word, worship, I think things come to our minds and most of us will automatically think of our singing. We'll think of what we did this morning. We'll think of what happens on the stage. We'll maybe think of particular people on the stage who we know who are um, linked with worship. And so that's really what we do. That's where our minds go. Our minds go towards the singing side of it, towards praising. And Music or singing is one part of worship, and it is a big part. And obviously in the story that we've read together this morning, it would seem that it's that type of worship that we're talking about this morning. But um, there's actually a fuller picture of what worship is, and I want to give that to you because I believe as um, we look at this story and we break it down a little bit and we talk about the context of it, you'll see that worship is more than just our singing. Worship is more than just music. And as I said, music is just one small part of worship. There's so much more to worshiping God. And this morning, I would like us to understand that our worship, it goes beyond our singing. It goes beyond our singing individually. It goes beyond our congregational singing. But again, that is a big part of worship. And it's a part of worship that I love. A lot of you will know that... Um, I'm sort of one of the titles that um, that I have here in church is the worship leader. Sometimes I'm not really sure what that actually means, but because um, because we know that the Holy Spirit would be the one that leads our worship. But um, I love that we get to praise together in church. I love that um, we get to do that as a congregation. And this morning, when I'm standing there, and um, you know. 
some of the team drop back or maybe Naomi stops singing and we're singing as a congregation. My heart is just full and I'm just thinking that this is incredible. I love this. I love what we get to do together and worship because I know that individual situations are different and I know that as we walk into here as individuals, our weeks look so different and our worship might seem a little bit different in that moment. But when we're standing there and when we're worshiping together, there's something so powerful about that. And I think the Bible teaches us that as well. But as I said, it's not just our singing. Worship is our obedience to God as well. Worship is our every day. It's our witness for God. It's our loving of God. It's all linked. All of that is linked to this subject of worship. You know, a lot of us all know the story of Abraham when he was, when God told him to sacrifice his son Isaac. And one of my favorite verses in the whole of the Bible is found in Genesis 22, 5. And it says this, this is Abraham speaking. And it says, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Those words we will worship, and then we will come back to you. His, his worship to God, what he describes to um, the people that, what he describes to his servants as worship, well, that's when he's going to go, and he's going to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And you know, in the Old Testament, the word for worship in Hebrew is shaka, and it literally means to bow down. So when I read that verse and I read what Abraham's saying here, what Abraham's saying here is despite this unbelievable circumstance, despite the incredible thing that God has asked me to do here, I'm going to be obedient to God and I'm going to go there and I'm going to worship him no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult that is, I'm going to go there and I'm going to worship him. And the incredible thing is it then says, such is his faith, I don't know if you picked up on that, but it says we will worship and then we will come back to you. So his faith in worshiping God, he knows that he will return with his son. It says we will come back to you. You know, the New Testament word is proskinio, which means to kiss the hand towards one. It means in taking of reverence. It's about respect. See, our worship is about our obedience to God. It's, it's not just singing. It's not just that, that part. It's, it's our obedience to God. And there's another incredible story found in the Bible and again in Genesis. And it says this in Genesis 29, 35. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah, then she stopped having children. That verse is taken from a story where it's, it's about somebody called Leah, and Leah couldn't have any children, and then God gives her four. God gives her four children. And you know, the Old Testament word for praise, the Old Testament word for praise in Hebrew is yada, and it literally means to throw down. It means to throw down. So again, what I believe Leah is saying here is, God, I now forget about myself and I give all to you because you 
are worthy. You see, worshiping God is about being obedient to God. It's about praising God, and it's about throwing down. It's about giving everything to God. It's about worshiping Him, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. And it might seem like this has gone a little bit off topic this morning, but I promise you it all makes sense linking to the story that we have been looking at. And the first point that I want to make is this. It is broken by worship. And I'll explain what I mean by that, because I want to ask a question this morning. I'm not expecting an answer, but maybe just think about this. Has your worship, has your worship, has your praise of God, has your obedience of God, has your worship ever led you to a broken place? Has your worship ever led you to somewhere that is broken? to a broken place in your life. Because for Paul and Silas, the story that we've read this morning, that's exactly what happens to them. That's exactly what happens to Paul and Silas. The phrase broken by worship makes sense when you understand the passage in a bit more context. And that's what I said that I'll be doing this morning. I'll share a little bit about the context of the passage. And this is what's happened. This is what's happened in the passage that we've talked about this morning. Paul and Silas were missionaries. So what that means is they, they went from place to place and they went from place to place teaching about God. They were speaking about God and they were truly obedient to God. So when they're traveling from place to place and they end up in this destination. So when they end up in the place where they would end up in prison. This destination is Philippi, and it's in the colony of Macedonia. But where they ended up in jail wasn't actually their first choice. It wasn't where they would have chosen to go. But earlier in the chapter that I read, just before the verses, it tells us that they tried to go to different places. They tried to go somewhere else. They wanted to go somewhere else. They tried to go into Bithynia. But it tells us that the Spirit wouldn't allow them. It tells us the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to go to the place where they wanted to go, where they would try to go. And then what happens is, funny, Jackie was talking this morning, and he says about vision. Well, Paul gets a vision. Paul gets a vision from God in Acts 16, and it tells him not about Bithynia or not about any of the other places he was trying to go. It tells him to go to Macedonia. It tells him to go to the colony where they would eventually be jailed. And so that's where Paul and Silas go. They go where God tells them to go. They go where God has given them vision for. They go where God has given them a vision for. And, you know, things actually start off really well. Things start off well in that region. They, they're witnessing to people. They're um, seeing people getting baptized. They're seeing people accept the message that they have. Things are actually going well when they're obedient to God. But then comes along a slave girl, a simple slave girl. And this slave girl has an evil spirit within her. She has a spirit within her that Paul then calls out. So Paul, in the authority that he has been given by God, calls a spirit out of this girl. And the spirit would come out of this girl. So Paul performs a miracle in her life. 
Paul is obedient to God. He's obedient to what God called him to do. He goes, he witnesses, he performs miracles in the name of Christ. And here's the result. After this happens, after he calls the spirit out of this girl, well, somebody didn't like that. And what happens is Paul and Silas are dragged. It tells us that they're dragged to sentencing. And it tells us that they have their clothes ripped off them. The clothes are ripped from their backs and they're beaten with rods and they're thrown into prison. Why does all this happen? It happens because they're obedient to God and sometimes we are broken by worship. Their worship to God leads them to prison. Their worship of God led them to jail. They preached, they performed miracles, they were obedient to God, and what happens? Well, they're broken by worship. Their worship leads them to prison. Being obedient to God won't always lead to rose-filled gardens. And we need to get away from thinking that. Sometimes our worship, our obedience to God will lead us to a broken place. It will lead us to broken things. And no one knows this better than God's Son, Jesus. Jesus was broken by worship. He went around. He performed miracles. He didn't sin at all. He did no wrong. He preached God. He did the miraculous. And of course, he has his sentencing too. He's sentenced. The clothes are ripped from his back. He's beaten and he's hung on a cross. Jesus' story will tell us better than anything that sometimes being obedient to God will lead us to a broken place. And sometimes we are broken by worship. And listen, it goes on from there because there's more to the story than just that. They aren't just thrown in the prison and that is the end of that. What happens next? Well, I believe that they are broken to worship. And what I mean by that is they were broken, they're led to a broken place, but they're led there in order to worship God. They're led to a broken place in order to give God the praise that he is still due. God wanted them to worship him even when things didn't go their way, even when things didn't go exactly as they thought that they would. You know, in the first verse that I read this morning, Immediately after being thrown in jail, it tells us Paul and Silas were praying and were singing hymns to God. Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God. They were worshiping him and they were doing it from a jail cell. You know, Paul and Silas were able to worship when things were really at their lowest, when things weren't at their best, when they were in a place, a literal place that was pretty broken, when emotionally, I'm sure they were broken, when physically they were definitely broken, they were still able to worship God. Because you see, God breaks them so that they would be broken to worship. When it says broken to worship, what that means is God brings them to a place of brokenness because that's where the most authentic worship comes from. The most authentic worship, the, the most authentic worship comes from a broken place. Worshiping on the mountaintop is easy 
and it's good being up there. It really, really is. Worshiping on a mountain is easy. Worshiping at a baptism service is easy. When, you know, we've got one of those coming up, and I just thought about that during the story, when it, when it says about households being baptized, and that's what they're saying. And worshiping God in those circumstances, that's easy. Worshiping in jail, that's a bit harder. That's a bit harder, but it's an incredible encouragement to me. But God brings them to the most broken of places because he wants them to worship him. And they do it. They're broken to worship. And not only that, but the verse tells us at the start as well, the very first verse, it tells us that the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were listening to their worship. I mean, talk about standing out. Talk about being in a place that is totally broken. And I'm sure, could you imagine the opinion of those prisoners, of those in jail, when you hear, when you hear those down the hall singing praises to God, even when they've been stripped and they've been broken and they're in this place, could you imagine what the others must have thought of them? But that's why Paul and Silas were there. That's why they were in prison. They were in prison to worship God. They were broken to worship. They were in a broken place so that they would worship God. And that really moves us on nicely to the next. This is the third out of four of these points that I want to make this morning. Paul and Silas were broken for worship. You know, um, what, this, what this actually means is in the story that we read, it tells us the prisoners listened to them. And when it says listened, it means really listened. It doesn't mean like when you hear what somebody says and they're like, were you listening to me? And you're able to repeat back what they said, but you don't actually know what they said. You weren't actually listening to what happened. Well, they were listening. The prisoners were listening to the worship of Paul and Silas, and they really listened. And, you know, they heard what Paul and Silas were saying and it wasn't just to reply to them, but it was actually to respond. And forgive me this morning, church, for assuming or speculating, but I think it makes sense because it says in the story that Paul and Silas worshipped. They worshipped, and then what happens is an earthquake comes. What happens is disaster strikes the whole prison. Following their worship, following their prayers and their singing of hymns, disaster strikes the whole prison, an earthquake happens, and then all the shackles come loose. This morning we're singing about chains being broken. Well, in this prison, chains were literally broken, and shackles were loose. And then what happens? Well, this is this what makes me think. This is what makes me think that the prisoners were listen, listening. Because just when the prison officer is ready to take his life, he's got the sword to his neck, he's ready to take his own life, Paul tells him, we are all here. We are all here. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. We are all here. That's what it tells us. It says that we are all here. 
I mean, come on. The prisoners had to be so affected by the worship that they didn't even make a run for it. They just stood there. A disaster happens, an earthquake happens, but it follows on from some of the most heartfelt worship, some of the most incredible singing of hymns, some of the most powerful prayers. And what happens following an earthquake and a breaking of chains? They were all there. They all were there. You know, just when the prison officer is ready to take his life, Paul says, stop, we're all here. And when I say broken for worship, what I mean is they're brought to a broken place in the physical sense, in the emotional sense. They're brought to that place, but they're brought there for somebody else's worship. They're brought there for somebody else's worship. So what they have done is they're broken to worship. So they're brought there, they worship themselves, but then the story goes on from there. The story goes on from there, and they're broken for the worship of the jailer. They're broken so that he would be saved. They're led to this broken place, and they're broken so that the jailer would see their testimony, would see their story, would see their praise and their worship, and so the jailer would then give his life to Christ. They were broken for his worship. They were broken so that the jailer himself would worship. And finally, it says broken in worship on the screen behind me. You know, it tells us that the jailer is joyful. It tells us in the story that he worships God following this incredible encounter following, listening to somebody else's worship and then seeing the miraculous happen. The earthquake happens, the chains break, the prisoners are still there and the jailer's ready to take his own life. And then what happens? Paul tells him, wait, we're all here. And he falls to the ground. He falls to the floor. And a broken man in worship praises God. He praises God because it tells us that he would give his life to Christ. The jailer falls to the ground. He is saved. And now he is in worship. This broken man who's ready to take his life is in worship. And God will continue to break away parts of him. God will continue to break away parts of him in worship. And he will continue to be broken in worship. But it tells us that he and his entire household, they could see the joy that was in his heart because he had been broken in worship and he began to worship God. You know, as I said at the beginning of when I was speaking this morning, I do believe that this word broken really has been inspired by the Spirit. Because the conversations that I'm having of people who are saying, you know, when I've been sitting in church the last few weeks and the message has been preached, I feel like it's been directly to me. I feel like it's been directly about what I'm going through and the situation that I'm in. And it really warms my heart that God would speak to us in this way. It encourages me incredibly that we can use a word like broken. And I'm sure there's apprehensive people when they hear that a theme 
that something that we're actually going to continually talk about is broken. I'm sure there's people who are apprehensive. But listen, when we are led and we are guided by the Holy Spirit, then we will see God move. And that's what's happening in church. We see God move because we see people who are broken and who come to worship God, who come to worship him in spirit and in truth. As I said, I believe that the most beautiful of worship, the most authentic of worship, it comes from a place of brokenness. And I thank God that he is using us in living hope in order to see people come in to see lives change and to see people give their lives to Christ. You know, um, the most unlikeliest of nights, it really, um, it really sort of stood out to me that I believe that God had something special for us in 2020. And I don't know how many people were here, but it was our New Year's Eve celebration. It was when we were going to bring the new year in together. And we're bringing the new year in and we're talking. People are, you know, we worship together and it's the most powerful time of worship. It really is. And then people are coming up and they're, they're sharing their stories of, 20, of 2019. And people have had difficult years. People have had a really good year. But everybody's up there and they're authentically sharing their story. And then we do a big countdown and we all cheer and we have a bit of fun afterward. And then someone comes up to me and there's like, and they say, there's this guy, he wants to give his life to Christ. Is there a better way to start 2020 than that? That a life was won for Christ Church? And it was in the most unlikely of times as we're, as we're jumping about and we're being, well, some of us are being Egypt, obviously I'm always sensible, so that wasn't me, but some of us are being Egypt and we're celebrating and we're laughing. But somebody was touched by the Holy Spirit that night. And that, you know, that really told me, that told me that God has something special planned for us this year. And by, by the Spirit, we're beginning our year by talking about this theme of broken. And I hope that as we continue to do that, that God continues to bless us, but that God is continually blessed by what we do here. Church, I'm just gonna pray and then we're gonna worship together. Could I ask you all to stand to your feet? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that there is no greater example. There's no greater example of being broken by obedience, of being broken by worship. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we get to do together in this place, God. We thank you that we get to come together. We get to praise you, God. We get to lean on each other. And Father, we just pray that over these next few weeks, over these next few months, God, no matter what happens, God, no matter who comes through those doors, we pray that our message is and always will be you, God. We pray, God, that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray that we would continue to lift up the name of Jesus.